Okay, before we get started, I have to warn you about something. In, in this passage today, Jesus tells a dirty story. Okay, this, this could be scandalous. Okay? I mean, Jesus literally tells a, a, a dirty story. Okay, I don't, I don't know if you're worried or not. I can't tell if, you, if, if you're showing concern here. Okay, well, the, I warned you, okay? This is literally, this is going to be a dirty story. So let's read this. This is Luke chapter 8. We're going to read 1 through 15. Uh, the, the dirty part isn't right here at the beginning. Okay, soon afterwards, he went through the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. So they're spreading the good news, the gospel message. And twelve were with them. So you have the apostles and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Uh, Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager. This shows a little bit. You see a snapshot here of uh, Mary uh, Magdalene and God's uh, deliverance in her life. Uh, Joanna here, you see that the gospel is reaching uh, different segments of life. I mean, her husband was King Herod's household manager. And it says, And Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. So you see this group, and it included women that were ministering along with him, that were providing for Jesus and the apostles out of the, their generosity and their means, and um, being used mightily in that way. And I just want to say I appreciate uh, those of you that have hearts of, of generosity, that you are giving out of your means to support the Lord's work. Okay, and now on to the dirty part. Okay, verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering, and the people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And he sowed, and some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what, what, what this parable meant, he said, For you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And the one along the path are those who have heard the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is God's Word that we are going to be looking at today. 
And this is, this is commonly called the, the parable of the sower, uh, which a sower is someone that, that plants or scatters seed. I have to point that out. Most of us might think we all know what this means, but if I were a, if, if I were a young boy, I'd think this had something to do with a sewing machine if you just said this. So you think of somebody in those days, he's got a big bag of seed, and to sow seed means you're walking along and you're, you're throwing out the seed, uh, trying to, to plant your crop by dispersing the seed, and some seed is going to fall in different places. And so it might be the same seed, the seed might be identical, and Jesus said the seed represents the Word of God, but all seed doesn't end up producing the same thing. And so the difference is Jesus is talking about there's different soils that it ends up on and therefore different things that happen with with the seed. And so in a way, I think a better name for this title would be uh, rather than the parable of the sower would be the parable of uh, the seeds or I think the parable of the soils, the parable of the different dirts. So that's why I said this is literally Jesus. He's telling a dirty story. This is literally about dirt, different types of dirt. So we notice the context of this. Verse 4, there's a large crowd. And Jesus is teaching all these people. And he's saying in advance, I think he's letting them know, you are all hearing my word. But he said... The way that this goes out, it's, it's hitting you, you're hearing it, but different things are going to happen to different people. The Word of God is what is represented in the, uh, the seed, and the different soil represents our hearts and different conditions that we have. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through these four different types of soils. We're going to take a look at what is being said in this passage. What does this mean? And in your, in your notes, in the bulletin, there's a place for you to take notes. And some of you realize this might be one. You could even draw little pictures. If you're the type of person that, that helps you to make this stick in your mind, go, go ahead and be, be drawn there. And then what we're going to do at the end is we're going to take another pass through and look at applications for each of these for believers. Now, one thing that I think with this passage, I've had times where I've tried to think, well, which of these are actually saved? And you can find different uh, Bible scholars or preachers that might say, some would say, well, uh, the, the, the first one's not saved, but the last three are. Or, no, the first three are not saved, but the last one is. Or maybe they split it differently. Um, and we're going to talk about this. I don't want to say offhand, because I want you to, to be thinking about this. But... What I've realized too, and I heard, read one commentator, and he said, you know, maybe for some of these, Jesus is being intentionally uh, ambiguous. And part of that maybe is because some of these situations, if this is how you find your heart, it might be kind of ambiguous. You know, are you genuinely saved? Or should it be something where, where you should maybe worry a little bit in a healthy way to examine your heart to say, am I really a believer? Or am I just someone that maybe the seed has bounced off me, and, but it hasn't really taken root the way that it is supposed to? But here's the thing. No matter how you land on this, or no matter how we interpret this, I, I think I've come to realize that the bigger question to, to even realize that we can be certain about, okay, the first one we're going to see is obviously bad. That's obviously someone that is not saved. It specifically says that. The last one is obviously 
the ideal. And that's obviously someone that is saved. But with all of these, no matter how you divide this up, which of these are, are good and which of these are bad? I mean, our goal should never be to think, you know, what's the most uh, miserable life that I can live and still make it to heaven? It's kind of sad if that's our motivation. You know, how, how uh, low can the bar be and I can still make it in? But no matter what, we're going to see that the first three soils, this is not what God wants for you. This is not good. And I would say it's something that we should even be really worried about. Whereas the last one is the ideal. So let's walk through each of these. And the first one is, whoops. Press the button. There we go. First one is the hard soil. So on the hard soil, the seed is snatched away. So this gets referred to as the path. So in those days, remember they didn't have you know uh, asphalt roads. Uh, you mostly had dirt roads or something along those lines, and it was packed down. People, the more they walked on it, the more it would be packed. And therefore, if the sower is going along and he's scattering the seeds and some falls along this hard packed dirt, it's probably not going to uh, take root. It's probably not going to become the plant or the crop that it's supposed to be. It's going to just sit there on top of this hard surface. And it talks about here that um, uh, it ends up, the, the birds end up snatching this away. Or uh, what happens in people's lives is that before it can even impact, before it can even germinate or do anything, just Satan comes and he just takes it away. So the word's going out to people, but it's like it's just bouncing off the surface without even making a dent in their heart. That the, the soil of their heart is so hard, it's not broken up at all, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been tilled, and therefore it's just impervious that God's word hits it, but it's snatched away before it can have any effect. And unfortunately, we see this so often that even if people do come and they, they sit under God's Word or they hear a message or something where it's just like uh, they're not even hearing it. They keep their minds so distracted by so many other things that they're not even really actually hearing it. Sure, maybe the, uh, the, the sound waves are hitting their ear, but it's not making its way into their head, much less even their heart. So many people without... God working in their heart to, to break up that ground, they don't even care. They don't even feel a need for Jesus Christ. They're completely content to just go on doing what they're doing, not even realizing that there's a, a danger that they have any need. And so Satan just snatches it away before they even have a chance. This is a tough position. This is a, a sad position if this is uh, the state of people's hearts. And this is a state of so many. And I've seen examples, I've, in ministry I've seen examples of each of these. And sometimes where you would think somebody is sitting, they're hearing a message, and you think, well, they have to respond. It's because the, the message is so powerful. remember going on an uh, evangelistic retreat uh, years ago with some young people, and uh, we had all of them listen to, uh, to a message, an audio recording, uh, as we were driving, and uh, there was one girl that we were praying for, we were trying to, to reach out to, and 
uh, the message uh, that we listened to just by a, just a very well-known uh, preacher, just an amazing uh, just message from the Word of God, just lifting up God, lifting up the gospel of Jesus Christ, powerfully proclaiming that. And one of the leaders afterwards asked this girl, you know, hey, so what did, what did you think about this? And her only reply was, well, it was long. And it just breaks your heart. You're hearing God's truth being lifted up, Jesus being lifted up, and in, in our hearts we're, uh, we're just looking at him and praising him and realizing for others it just bounces off the surface and Satan snatches it away and nothing happens. So that's the, the hard soil that's on the path and it just gets snatched away before they can even believe. The second one is the... Soil, the seed that falls along, it says rocky soil. But if you hear, I'm going to say it's, it's shallow soil. So in shallow soil, the seed springs up without root. So look at what is uh, being said here, that some fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Jesus later, in, when he explains this, he says, and the one on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root, for they believe a while, but in time of testing, they, they fall away. In Israel, it was very often where there were areas where there was only a thin layer of topsoil, and underneath that, there was just a layer of, of limestone or bedrock right underneath. So this maybe wasn't even uh, soil that was just you know, full of rocks, although it might have been. But the, the point here is that there was such a thin layer of topsoil that seeds, uh, they might be able to spring up. They might be able to grow quickly using whatever moisture might have been there at the time. But they weren't going to last long, especially when, when the heat came and when they needed more moisture because they couldn't get roots down. And because they didn't have roots, they weren't able to have the, what was going to sustain uh, their life and give them real life in the long term. And so instead they would wither away. So the real issue here is that the, the soil is shallow and they don't have the, need, the roots they need to survive. The growth may be fast, but it's superficial. It looks good, but it's just on the surface. And unfortunately, oftentimes we, we see this sometimes with people that profess faith in Christ that they, they claim to believe in Jesus Christ, they may even get extremely excited and seem like, wow, what a transformation, but it, it doesn't last. Sometimes it doesn't even last more than, more than a few days. Remember a time, uh, again, years ago, when I was working with young people and there was a teen that had a very rough life and he was into um, uh, drugs and a variety of different, uh, a lot of rough living. And he on a, responded, at least externally, to the gospel of Christ. And I remember other uh, young people just rejoicing that God saved this guy. And he seemed to be very excited, just thrilled about this and wanting to praise God. But he very, very quickly fell away. And looking back, you have to wonder, what really happened? Did God really penetrate his heart? Was this a lasting thing? Or was it just that Jesus was his new high for a little bit? 
Did he really trust Jesus? Did he really start to, to love Jesus as his Savior? Or was he just momentarily in love with the experience of Jesus? Or the experience of you know, worshiping with other Christians? But it wasn't the, the real thing. Last week, we did a message at the PM service on our church's doctrinal statement. And we have a statement in there where it talks about the perseverance and preservation of the saints, of believers. And I think it's worth uh, reading that uh, to you. In our doctrinal statement, it says, We believe that only, such only are real believers as endure to the end, that their persevering attachment to Christ is the grand mark which distinguishes them from superficial professors and that a special providence watches over their welfare, and that they are kept by the power of God through faith unto eternal salvation. And I think this is what the Bible teaches. I think it teaches that genuine believers are kept by God. They will not lose their salvation. But unfortunately, there are many that they're only apparent believers. They may profess with their lips to believe, but there's something that short-circuits it, so it doesn't really reach down to their heart, and they have no root. 1 John 2.19 says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they, are not, that they all are not of us. Philippians 1.6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. There's some that they may believe for a while, but this is superficial believing, not a saving believing. Last week I said it's kind of like the difference between when you go and you have a campfire, and maybe you'll, you'll make one tonight, I don't know. But uh, sometimes you get the campfire going and you might use some, uh, some Boy Scout fluid on it to, to get her going. Okay? Um, as you pour gas or whatever on this fire, you may get a big blaze for a, for a little bit, but unless the actual log catches, it's going to be out. And so, unfortunately, sometimes people, they get excited about Christianity, but it's just the, the fuel burning off and it never actually starts burning the log itself. So we want to be people that it's not superficial, but it's the real thing, that God is creating a real fire in our heart. And when he does, I believe that God will attend to that fire and he will keep it from ever going out. So that's the second example here. But here's a third one. It talks about the seed that falls among the thorns. Verse 14, As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. So again, this is one that this is, this is bad. This is not what we want. So there may be times where the, the plant grows up, but it's being uh, among so many thorns, so many weeds, that it has to compete for nutrients uh, from the ground with these weeds. It has to compete with, uh, for, for light. Sometimes it may be crowded out so it's not getting the sunlight, uh, the water, the moisture that it needs. And so I see this as it's crowded soil. So that's the, the part about it being thorny. And in crowded or thorny soil, the seed, it's choked out. It doesn't come to maturity. It doesn't bear mature fruit. 
uh, because all these other things, these weeds, these distractions, are taking what it would need to really bear good fruit. And the weeds end up winning. So look at the thorns that are mentioned in this passage. He mentions three. And I think we can all look at our lives to think, how, how are we doing? You know, weeding you know, our garden, weeding our life. It talks about cares. There's so many things that we get, think of uh, our list of things we got to be doing. Thinks of all the things that these are all the things that are important to us that we care about most. There are times where we come to church, and I've been there too, where we, we have a hard time even focusing on the Word of God because we're thinking about what do I have to do when I get home? What's going on at work next week? What's this other person going to do? Or how's this project going? And these cares of the world, sometimes, and sometimes they're important, but they can choke us out and keep us from maturing. They can keep us from, from serving. They can keep us uh, from being in God's Word. Spending time thinking about Him. Spending time praying to Him. All the things that would help us to grow and to bear fruit. But they're crowded out. Talks about riches. And the, the, the treasure that God gives us can be a great resource if we realize that it's for us to manage and to use for His glory. If we think God is giving us our, our, treasure, our riches for us, and what can I, uh, uh, how can this benefit me? We're going to be controlled by it, and it's going to be just thorns that choke out our lives. Where instead, if we think this is a tool that I can use to serve others, that I can use to serve God and not let it control me. And that's why giving is such an important thing, because when we, we give, it cuts that, that root of greed that's in our heart keeps us from thinking it's all about me and God has given this to me. Whether it's to use now, some of us are savers, some of us are spenders, okay? But if you are, have the mindset of greed, it's either uh, it's for, all for me, either to spend now or to spend later. But when we change our attitude and we're, we're giving, it keeps this from being weeds that will choke us out. And the pleasures of life, people seek after hedonistic things, and some of them may be straight out sinful. Some of them, maybe they're not sinful, but we're, we're after our creature comforts. Who knows what it is? And again, we let all these things control us. And we let them just choke out our lives. And therefore it says their fruit does not mature. So this one, is this talking about someone, are they a Christian? Are they genuinely saved? Are they not? And this is one where it could be ambiguous. And here's what I would say. Because ultimately, it's about us looking at our lives. If this means that they have no fruit at all, well then, you're not, not saved. Because I believe that Scripture teaches that when someone is genuinely saved, God will, as a consequence, as a result, He will be producing fruit in their life. He'll be producing change. He'll be, producing, he'll be working through them. And if there's nothing, that's an indication that maybe it was not for real. And you should be coming to Jesus Christ as your Savior and making it real. Because all Christians will have some fruit. But I think there can be the case that if this means that someone has fruit, they have at least some fruit, well, they, they might be genuine Christians, but their fruit is not what it could be or what it should be. 
Maybe there's fruit, but it's, it's not good fruit. You know, it's because it's not getting... Uh, some of you have a garden, and some of you know if, if you're not getting the rain that you need, okay, that tomato may look pretty pathetic. That's not how it's supposed to be. And so I think there's an application that we can take for this. Even if you are, you know that you're a Christian, but look, is the fruit in your life what it should be? Or are your tomatoes looking pretty sad? And is that because we're letting so many things crowd out what should be feeding us and giving us nutrients? What is crowding out God in your heart? We should each ask ourselves that. And last, you have the good soil, the seed that produces much fruit. Verse 15, As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Fruit is evidence of a live tree. And this is the one that, if, this is what helps us to have good, solid assurance. We see God working through us. We're depending on Him. We're day by day trusting in Him. And we're seeing it manifest itself in fruit in our lives. The fruit doesn't save us, okay? You will never be saved by the fruit in your life. You're saved, if you are saved, by the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross for you, okay? His blood, His righteousness, that's the only thing that actually saves you. But if you are saved, there's going to be this fruit and it's going to be evidence that God did something real in your heart and that he saved you. I want to tell you this. Some of you are involved in ministry. Maybe you're Word of Life leaders, Sunday school. Maybe you're just, you evangelize everywhere you go and you're trying to uh, spread the seed of God's word. The more you do that, there's going to be times where you're hit with some real deep disappointment especially the more that you invest in people and the more that you care in people, um, and maybe friends and maybe family, maybe you're pouring into kids, others, who knows? And sometimes there's going to be heartbreak because you're going to see people make bad choices. You're going to see people drift away from, from faith. And that's been one of the, the hardest things that I've gone through in ministry I mean, there's, it's one thing at times to deal with criticism. You know you're going to get that at times. Um, although you guys have been great. I really appreciate and love you so much. Thank you for being kind and patient with me. But what's hard is sometimes you see people just drifting away from the faith. Uh, a young person that um, they get into a bad relationship or they all of a sudden they had been serving, uh, pretend, seeming like they're serving God and now they, they claim to be atheists. You see things on Facebook that you wonder wow, all the Bible studies, all the time spent, the prayers, the things together, did I make any impact in this person's life? Did I waste years of my life? And I found that one of the keys to, to persevering in ministry, uh, to care, keep on serving people, is to realize that I think Jesus is warning us of something. He's saying that the more that you are spreading God's seed, the more that you are doing this, he's saying, just be aware. There's going to be different types of soils and different things that happen. And yeah, there's going to be people that you, to the best of your ability, you're praying, you're sharing the Word of God, and nothing happens. Satan snatches it away. There's going to be others where it seems like growth, it seems like a good thing, but it's just superficial and it just then it's gone. And then there's going to be others that it seems like they were doing so well and then uh, they 
get a new job or the promotion or whatever it is and it just chokes out their spiritual life and you're hurting inside as you're seeing these people uh, because they're, you realize they're not saved or they're doing such damage to their life. And I think Jesus is letting us know that as heartbreaking as it's going to be in a way to expect that. We're never happy with that. We never want that. We keep praying and working, but to expect that that's going to happen. But I think what he's also saying is look to the fourth example. And I found that to give me courage when I see other people I've ministered to that have fallen away and break my heart, that there's others that I can look to that they're bearing fruit 30 times over, 60 times over, 100 times over. And not only are that, they're in ministry and they're, they're spreading the good news and other people are, are coming to maturity through them. When there's times where you are discouraged, look to people that you have ministered to that, that are carrying it on, that are living it out, and to give yourself courage to keep on serving God, to keep on spreading the seed of God's Word. Spread it generously. Spread it everywhere we can. Ultimately, it's not about how many seeds are in a piece of fruit. It's about how much fruit is in the seed. Think of this. You could, you could have a piece of fruit and you could count the, the seeds that are in there. But if you take a seed, you don't know how much fruit this is going to produce in its life. You could plant it and this could grow into a tree that is going to bear uh, hundreds of fruit each year. And some of that might reproduce itself into, it could end up being a forest of fruit. And think of what, if you impact one life for Jesus Christ, how much fruit could be in that one seed that God takes, that God breaks up the soil of someone's heart, that he plants it in, he causes it to grow. I mean, we can plant, we can water, we do what we can, but God is the one that causes it to grow. And he may take one person that you have a part in reaching, and he may change hundreds of lives through that. I was thinking this, on, it's Father's Day. And sometimes dads, we find our joy and our fulfillment in work, in what we do. And I think God has wired us for that. But I want you to think about this. I don't know if you've ever had this thought. Think, what if my life here is to, to be here to raise and nurture one of my children? in a way that because God has put me here uh, to, to raise and nurture someone because uh, God has put you here to nurture the child that will one day change the world. So we care for our children. And let me say this again because I don't want to give the impression just what we, we pray for all of our children, we worship with our children, but what if, what if it turns out that if you knew that you were going to... Um, you know, Billy Graham's father, D.L. Moody, uh, a great evangelist or reformer or something like that, if you could know that that was your destiny, that you're here to be the one to raise that person that's going to change the world, you'd realize this is the most important thing. And so dads, I just want you to realize your children, your children are the most important thing that you can be doing to, to pour into them, to raise them to be, to be men of God, to be women of God. Because think of how much fruit is in their lives that will continue on and on and on and on. So pray for them. Pray for them to have broken hearts, that God breaks the soil of their heart. Pray, 
work to give them depth, to give them clear, to clear distractions from their life and to cultivate their fruit. So, for all of us, we can look through these and we can take applications from each one. So the first one, you have the soil that is on the path of the hard heart. So let hard soil be broken up. So first of all, don't harden your heart. Okay? Hebrews 4.7 says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Second, pray for God to loosen the soil. Pray for him to do what he needs to do to soften it, to till it, to take a pick to it. If it's hard to take a backhoe to it, if need be, to whatever needs to be, to break this up so that the Word of God can come into it. And by the way, if you are concerned that you might be the, the path, if you're concerned, that's good news if you're concerned. Because if you were completely the stony path, you wouldn't even be paying attention to me right now. You're paying attention to something else. And let your heart be broken. Remember the Beatitudes? Blessed are you who are poor, hungry, who weep. Part of the reason these are blessings because these are things that break open our heart so that it can be receptive to the Word of God. Second soil was the shallow heart. It didn't have roots. So put down deep roots. Put down deep roots by, by reading God's Word, spending time thinking about it, praying, worshiping, serving, the things that are going to nourish you through the difficult times, through the trials. Be like the man in, in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man, it says, who, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Reach deep. For the sustaining water that is in Christ alone. Lesson we can learn from the, from the strangled heart, from the crowded heart. Be pulling those weeds. Do some weeding in your heart. There's so many things. And so many of these things are things of our own making that we put there that don't have to be there. Okay, there's enough weeds and, and thorns that grow up naturally but we do this to ourselves as well. We're planting weeds. We, we're caring about extra things we don't need to care about. We're taking on commitments we don't need to care about. Sometimes we need to say, I need to stop doing this. I need to avoid this so that it keeps the weeds away. Do you want to put yourself in a position financially where you need to make that certain payment every month that is going to be tough for you to make? Think about that ahead of time. Students, sometimes you need to ask yourself, do you need to be in one more extracurricular activity? A lot of these things, they can be good things, but don't let them crowd out your heart from what you need. Sometimes we need to make the hard choices to eliminate these weeds because enough of them will pop up automatically. And for the good heart, for Christians, keep cultivating growth. First of all, thank God for his work in your heart. Don't think, I'm saved because I have good soil. If that's you, it's because God worked in your heart. It's because God took your heart of stone and he changed it and gave you a heart of flesh. He got in there, he tilled the soil, he broke that up. 
You give him praise for his grace because it's all by his grace, okay? Don't be thinking, I'm better than other people because I got the good soil. Uh, that's, that was his work. And continue to cultivate this growth. Do what you can. Give it the water, the sunlight. Give it everything that it needs. And may this all bear fruit and may it give glory to our Lord Jesus Christ who saved us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you for the seed of the Word of God. Thank you for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And I ask that you would help it to find its home in the soil of each heart that is here. God, by the power of your Spirit, may you break through to hard hearts that if there's anyone here that doesn't genuinely know you as their Savior, may you break their heart before they leave this room. May the seed implant and may they put their trust in you for the one that they depend on alone to save them from their sin. May they turn to you and accept you as their Lord and Savior. God, help us to put down roots deeply. God, help us to pull the weeds of distraction uh, that, that keep us from either from salvation or from, from maturity, Lord God. Even as Christians, help us to pull the weeds and help us to follow you in maturity. Keep working in our hearts to bear fruit that will bring you glory. In the name of Jesus Christ and for his glory we pray. Amen.